Welcome back to the Law Unscripted, where we talk about the law and the legal system and everything you didn't know, you didn't understand, and no one ever told you. I'm Virginia Tarani. And I'm Chelsea Rogers. And we are with Tarani Law LLC because you never need a lawyer. Till you do. Okay, everybody. We're going to say immediately what we're doing today. Last week, we Mm -hmm. did murder. Yes. We did all things murder. Um, So this week, we thought it appropriate to do... All things defense. Hey, look. Of murder. I think, you know, if you're going to murder someone, you should know the defenses. You should. You should. <laughs> Don't Google them, you, though. Okay. Yeah. If you're on trial, you do need a defense. If you're not yes. going to take a plea, you need a defense. Yes. Um, there's the standard defense of, I just didn't do it. Yes. Okay. That's, that's Wasn't me. classic. It's a shaggy defense. <laughs> right. Wasn't me. <laughs> I am not going to sing on this week's program. I sang on last week's for the Maroon 5. This one, I am not going to sing Shaggy. <laughs> I, I, I can just hear it in my head. That's I know. I'm singing it too. Maybe you are as well. Do you remember the the ad here, maybe two years ago, came out on the Super Bowl for the one with Ashton Kutcher? No. He and his wife, Miley Kunis. Oh, I did, love her. Did the wasn't me. Did they really? It was a chip commercial or something. It was so funny. <sighs> They can't sing worth crap, but it was hilarious. I love both of them. I also, this is, we're starting off with a tangent. I apologize. That's okay. We've okay. announced that we're doing defenses. It is, we are going to get to them. Yes. Okay. So this couple, I love them. I think they're adorable. They are. Um, but you know, the, they met on that 70s show. Ages so ago. They're doing the remake. I mean, they're not oh, in no, it, it's but the now there is show, right? the remake that is that 90s show. I watched like two of the episodes. Oh no. Not so much. Okay. Honestly, it's not as bad as some of the other, like, re- like the Fuller House, terrible. Oh, the, yeah. Awful. Um, Girl Meets World, terrible. Um, <laughs> this one, <laughs> this one I like. Okay. I will say, like, in comparison to the other remakes, like, it probably right. wouldn't be a show I would watch. Are they on, its on own. it? Yes. Okay. Um, at least in, like I said, I only got like two episodes in and Mila Kunis made an appearance. Um, Ashton Kutcher, everybody did actually, okay. except Hyde because, you know, the, yeah, the whole thing the, there, the, the whole trial allegations. Um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. not good. Aside from him, everybody was... <laughs> I did love that 70s show. I I've, watched it. Oh my gosh. I've watched it. And this is funny. Maybe two, three, four years ago at this point. I decided to watch it in order because it was always nice. something that I would watch it when it was on. Never like sort of following the From plot. From the beginning. Yeah. Watch it through the plot. Now I will say some of those episodes don't stand up to the test of time. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were a one-time kind of thing. Yeah. Truly, well, truly. I was watching. I was like, that was assault. Like that was. <laughs> what you just, can't do that. You yeah. can't say that and you can't do that. <laughs> um, it's just like friends. Anytime you watch it back through, you're like, ooh. Yeah. It's, you know, it's okay. Yeah. So it's, things have changed. But, I love the parents. Oh, They're hilarious yes. and salty. Yes. I love Red them. and Kitty. I love them. Adorable. Yes. So starting off strong with a tangent. <laughs> yes. With a great tangent. Um, so anyway, if you are charged with murder, as you know, we talked about the different types yes. of murder you could be charged with from first degree, second degree, voluntary manslaughter, mm-hmm. involuntary. We hit felony murder um, in there, which is yes. sometimes second degree murder. But if you want to learn about the charges go back to episode 
nine, I think. We'll put it in the the, the links in the bottom. I have given up the numbers at this point. Last week's. Last <laughs> week's episode. I will put it in the bottom. So whatever episode this is, it's the prior episode yes. um, on murder, on all things murder. So okay. this is going to be the defense. And like I said, there's the standard easy, I didn't do it. That yes. It's really not worth talking about it because right. you didn't do it. Yes. Um, but the fun ones. Yes. Are that we're going to hit. (laughs) Yes, I did it, but I have a justification. Right. Um, So there are a couple of those, and we're going to talk about those today. We are not going to talk about insanity. That is a whole set. That's going to take its own. Yeah, because you just get into mental capacity in general, and that's just... Yeah, it really takes its own episode. So we'll come back to insanity by itself. But for today, we're going to hit self-defense, which is, I did it. But but I had to. I had to. And then we are going to hit alibi. That's a quick and easy one, which is kind of fun. And then the third one that I think we're going to hit at least a little bit Mm -hmm. is intoxication. Yes. Because that is a limited defense. It is the same as self-defensive. I did it. Mm-hmm. I did do it, but I have some kind of justification. Yes. It's an imperfect justification yes. is how it's called. Um, but it is a justification and it is very often only used in first degree murder. Yes. So we will come. Those are the ones that we're going to talk about. We're going to start with self-defense because yes. it has so many different. And I think that's the one that you options. kind of one get the most misinformation about on any of the shows that we like to mention Um, everything and they even you know obviously i'm a law student but it is one of the more complicated and because it varies Mm -hmm. greatly from state to state of when you're allowed to use Mm self-defense with what force you're allowed to use are you defending a person like your person or your children are you defending property like there's so many different like you know characteristics that what am I trying to say the different Op- options I, I don't know the wrong word but Words. it's okay you get the idea <laughs> and and we are gonna get it so because yes. it is it is difficult and it is different by state a lot um, yeah. the basics are the same yes of you generally have to show three things and I'm mm-hmm. gonna pull that out so three things oh, I was so glad you were not about to ask me because I, no. <laughs> I truly was <laughs> All right, Chelsea. I think my heart just, What's the first one? <laughs> I think my heart just stopped. <laughs> like, oh. Chelsea is not ready for the bar. <laughs> I mean, I could probably get the vibes of self-defense. <laughs> um, We're back sadly, at it. Sadly, so. self-defense does not work for defense of your dog. <laughs> Honestly, though, okay, look, I have a lot of opinions about this. I would. What do you mean? Like... Because that's property. I know. know. The law treats dogs like they're property. And I think that's not fair because this is my child. Like, these are children. Yeah, these are my kids. I mean, I have kids, but (laughs) these are my kids. That's what I'm saying. I would, would, like, hurt someone. Over, yes. Over my dogs. Same. Um, So, self-defense will not work. Um, Defensive property will work if you're in your home. Yes. Castle Um, doctrine. Castle doctrine. So, let's... I was going to say we'll come back to it, but let's go ahead and address that. Um, So, the castle doctrine is I scared Chelsea with the other... Of the the elements? I was like, I can think of one out of three at the moment. Yeah. So, we're going to come back to that, but we're on the castle doctrine. So, what is the castle doctrine? The castle doctrine, and I actually do remember this... It comes from like common law 
from the English that you sort of have an innate right to protect your home, your castle, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Look at that. <laughs> That's very good. So yeah, you have a right to protect your home. Now, there are certain limitations on it. Yes. You have to be in an imminent threat. Right. Okay. So you have to have an imminent, immediate threat. This can't be something where you believe someone might be coming over yes. to your home to do you harm. So you lay in wait. Right. That's not, that's not how this works. No. <laughs> but if you're being robbed or burgled. Yes. And you believe that you are an imminent threat of your life, not of your property, but right. of your life while you are in your property, in yes. your home, then you do have the right to self-defense, um, even if yes. that means you've killed someone. Yeah, so deadly force. Yes, so deadly force can be used. Yes. It doesn't necessarily mean it should be used or it's going to be excused. Right. And that's the elements we're going to get into. But yes. technically you do, in most states or some states, mm-hmm. have the castle doctrine, which yeah. applies. And in both Maryland and Virginia, where we work, right. it does apply. The castle doctrine applies where you have the right, if you are in immediate imminent threat in Mm -hmm. your home, to kill or to, yeah, to to defend defend yourself and to defend those in your home. There was that, it wasn't in our state, but recently there was that case of what the girlfriend, the the father who shot the ex-boyfriend who was coming into the home. Do you remember this? No. It was just a few months ago. So we're in 2023, and this was a few months ago in 2022, where they actually had the video wow. of the, I, I, I'm almost sure I'm right, of the ex-boyfriend who was attempting to make entry into the home and had a gun. I actually do. Do you remember this? I remember seeing this, yes. And the father shot him I and mean, killed him. And whatever state it was in is the castle doctrine is he had the right to defend himself. The video from inside the home um, seemed to bear him out that it was an immediate imminent threat of serious physical harm, even to death. So he was defending himself and his home and against the person coming in who was trying to use deadly force. I mean, we said it on the last episode, um, you know, if someone's robbing your home and they think no one's there okay they're dangerous but if someone is breaking in while they know you are there they have nothing to lose right it's the truth like they said we said it last episode and it's true anybody who's willing to do that is willing to do anything yeah they they are coming in with intent to do you harm and in this particular video the man is heard saying stop it i mean he's He's like go away you know that the boyfriend who's breaking in yeah. can hear him. Yeah. Like he knows he's there he does and not he's care. still coming in. That's so scary. I mean, can you imagine if you're yelling out, like if I had in my home, so let's do yeah. a hypo. I have three floors and um, my office, as you yeah. know, is on the top floor, right? And I look at my desk is at a window and I look outside and I can see the front of my house and the driveway and the main street. And I see all of the people in my neighborhood who walk their dogs. Um, and I track them. Okay. <laughs> so this one particular lady, she walks three times a day. She's a little hot girl walks. She I love does. It. <laughs> nine to five, three times a day. Um, and then there are others who walk in the morning and then again in the afternoon. So there are the two yeah. timers. But I can see. What's happening? Yeah. And I will tell you that if I were to see someone during the day 
Yes. Who is trying to come into my home, who's not UPS, who's not FedEx, who is not Amazon drivers delivering all of our packages. I would, the, the way to do it is, you know, to announce yourself if you can. Yes. Of, you know, get away. Yeah. I'm calling the police. Stop. Don't go any farther. You know, I wouldn't like, like stick no, my these head are like out the window. Best practices, but the law is kind of the great. law is clear. If someone is yeah. coming in and breaking into my home with a weapon, I mean, it's best practice to call out to yes. tell them to stop. But if you are not safe to retreat, even in your own home, right? If you're not safe to retreat, I mean, how am I going to? If the person's trying to come in, am I going to make it out the back door in time? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, is it yeah. safe to go somewhere else in my house? I don't I tend know. To think the best defense is a strong offense, right? Uh, I mean, <laughs> right. And truly, especially in these situations where you're talking about in your home, and I think the law it carries over from common law mm-hmm. throughout all of it. Is the home is sort of treated differently than anywhere else? Absolutely. With our privacy laws, it's treated that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's no shock to me that sort of in a self defense sort of thing that the, the home is treated differently, and it, it feels very different. Even to me, all these, you know, hundreds of years later, looking right. at it, like defense in a home seems very different to me than like defense anywhere else. Yeah, if they pass your moat, then they mean to get to yeah. you, I mean, right? That, that, I mean, that's really what the if concept is. If they're in is. my garden. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> the idea. Yes. But, but yeah, so. It's so scary. You do have the castle doctrine, um, but even with the castle doctrine, you still have to meet those elements. Yes. Um, so what are these elements? <laughs> I'm so practically sorry. in tears <laughs> Let me about just, what, what do you have to I know to one show? of them. I was like, okay, well tell us the one that okay, you know. Imminent danger. To yes. me, that's the big one is that you can't say, you know, I, I'm just lackadaisically waiting for them to, you know, go through my entire house and then I'm going to pop out and shoot them later right Right. you can't jump them right (laughs) right this is not they they haven't you know if they're just looking for your stuff again it depends on every every prosecution yes is fact specific absolutely And, and that is the thing is what happens in one case doesn't happen in another they may be similar but each of the facts has to be reviewed and determined individually for that case. And so. that's why the defense is allowed to be put on and then a jury looks at this and is like, would I have done that? I think a lot of the time is what the question yes. is. Well, that's the second element. Okay. Okay. So you've hit it Reason, without is realizing. Is a reasonable person? Reasonable I'm person. So I literally said this last week. This isn't dumb. This is you putting it all together. There we go. So you have to have an imminent, immediate threat. Yes. It can't be perceived as, well, maybe it is or... It would be next week, or I think it might happen. It has to be imminent and immediate, and it has to be a reasonable belief. Okay. Okay, so you have to reasonably believe that it's imminent. Um, And that is part reasonable person, any reasonable Mm -hmm. person, and part specific to that person. Yes. Um, So there's, like we said before, there's these imperfect defenses. And one of the imperfect defenses for self-defense is... Okay, I really did believe I was in imminent danger. But it was not a reasonable belief. But it wasn't a reasonable belief. So you may not be completely exonerated of the crime. But but it's like a mitigation. It's a mitigating factor. And maybe you would get a lesser. So if you were charged with first degree murder and you presented self-defense and 
a reasonable person wouldn't have believed it, but we believe you believed it. Yes. Then maybe it's second degree murder that you're convicted of. So it's, it's a lessening, it's a mitigation, it's an imperfect self-defense. It's like the, I guess, I mean, I guess this would be a reasonable belief, but it makes me think of sort of even the mistaken belief where, you know, the husband walks in on lovers, his wife and their lover, and he assumes it's an assault. Right. Um, That's like a mistaken belief, I guess, instead of a not yeah, reasonable. Yeah, it's, it's the mistake. And that, that's another imperfect, imperfect self-defense yes. is there's the imperfect, well, I really believed it, even though right. a normal person wouldn't. And then there's the, I made a mistake. Yes. I, I believed I needed to, but it was a mistake. Yes. Um, it was like, if you believed you yeah. were walking in on your wife and a lover, but it ended up being your kid who'd had a nightmare. And was right. sleeping in the same bed, bed as your, you know, as oh your gosh, wife yes. and you come and you shoot them both and now you've shot your child. Yes. Well, these are, Ooh, these are imperfect yeah. defenses. Right. Okay. Um, so you believed that someone was pulling a knife on you. Yes. The, these are a lot of the police ones. The yes. mistakes are a lot of the police where if the police officer believed that a gun was going to be pulled out, someone right. reached for their pocket. Right. They told him, don't move, don't, don't reach for anything. And the guy's like, but I just need to get, and they reach for their pocket. The police officer thinks there's a gun, but it's a mistake. It was his wallet. Right. Right. So this is the type of self-defense. And then it comes down to, does the jury believe that was a reasonable mistake? Correct. Okay. Okay. So we got a couple different options. Yeah. So there's that. And then there's the third and I am going to pull out. Mm -hmm. I have notes again (laughs) here. I have to have notes. Now this, I didn't actually write these, which is really shocking. I just pulled the book out. (laughs) Um, but there's this handy little book that has all of these at least for, again, these are general. Yes. They're fairly well accepted in most states, but each one has a little bit different. Um, little bit of a difference. You have to look up your state. But for the general majority, okay. um, the third thing that you have to prove, let me make sure we've got, okay. So, yeah, we've talked about the imperfect. Where is this? Specific defenses. <laughs> Maybe it was on my cell phone. This one might have been on my cell phone. So I'm now going to use my cell phone, but I swear there's three. Um, so let me see if I can brainstorm it. Okay, we've got a reasonable belief. Yes. Imminent danger. Do you have the appropriate force? Um, yes. So there's Okay, so there's the reasonable belief that they're in imminent danger, which goes into you can count it as another or combine it i combine it in an actual belief so there's the belief of imminent danger um there's the imminent threat okay and then there's the absence of provocation you didn't start it oh that is okay that is true yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you can't have started it (laughs) (laughs) i can't pick a fight get someone to fight me and then be like perfect right (laughs) and then it's self-defense no if i you know if i come at you with a knife and then you use a knife to kill me right i'm not defending myself you're defending right Um, (laughs) mutual combat right now it becomes mutual combat and oh my gosh speaking of mutual combat it doesn't work for every state Um, But there are some states where they will say, okay, it's not self-defense, even it's mutual combat. They both got in a fight. Yes. And one or both of them is charged. And I had, (laughs) 
Okay. I had several cases when I first started my career in Virginia. I was um, doing a lot of criminal defense mm-hmm. um, as a court-appointed attorney, and I had at least three cases within a year where it was like girls fighting. Okay, and girl was, fights are scary. They are scary. They are serious, and they were both charged with assault and battery, or one was. Yeah. Okay, and I would have at least one of the girls. And it was so fascinating because I would present this yeah. this defense of it's not self-defense, it's mutual combat. Where yes. say they picked a fight. There was the one girl they had um she was cheating on her, the she was cheating with the boyfriend. Okay. So there was the girl and her boyfriend and then the the lover, yes. right? So she cuts her off driving down the highway, cuts her off, they both pull over. And <laughs> she starts pounding on her. Oh, just on the side of the highway? On the side of the highway. <laughs> um, so they, they get in a fight on the side of the highway. And I was like, look, it's self-defense because, you know, yeah. that girl cut her off, got out of the car, approached her. Hey. What was she supposed to operating do? Operating your vehicle. Hey, vehicles are deadly. You can make it... Th- Right? If you're going to operate that in a dangerous manner intentionally at me? Absolutely. I think self-defense. They get in a fight. And it was so funny because I thought I had proved self-defense. Yeah. But the judge, and the judge let her go. He found her not guilty, but he said it was mutual combat. So in his mind, it was mutual combat. In mine, it was pure self-defense. But either way, she was exonerated. But then there were two more within one year where it was mutual combat. See... Okay, I know in Texas, you can mutually, like, you can fight and you can not, like, you can, there's a statute in Texas. It's very interesting. You know, one of the wacky laws, I truly don't know how often this is actually used, but in Texas, you're allowed to engage in mutual combat (laughs) if both parties agree, which I think is hysterical. It's like a duel, right? Are we back in the 1800s where we're dueling? That's why I'm putting the caveat. I don't really know how often (laughs) it's used now, but that's sort of the concept. My unpopular opinion, look, I think... (laughs) This is so, such an unpopular opinion. I think more people need to get hit at least once, right? <laughs> I'm not talking about really terrible fights, nothing, but such people deserve to get decked just once. <laughs> like they would not run their mouths the way they do if someone had just punched them in the face one once. time. That's it, right? Like I don't want people to get seriously injured. I'm not like talking about violence, but some people just need to be decked one time. We're looking for a criminal defense attorney for Chelsea. If anyone has any Look, suggestions, we live in Maryland. She lives in DC. I was going to say there might be some issues down in Georgia. <laughs> We we need an attorney if you know of one. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's this. Okay. So th- that's Imperfect. that's the third. Um. So so yeah, you have to. You can't have been the aggressor. Now there right. is an exception. Oh, okay. Um. Most states have an exception, and the general exception, and you. Re- I mean, it is hard to prove this okay. exception. Okay. Let's say you go in with a knife. Mm-hmm. Okay. I come at you with a knife. Mm-hmm. You have the right to, to defend yourself. Right. Okay. Now, generally I would not have the ability to do self-defense. I came at you with a knife. Right. However, if I stop the fight and I walk away, I retreat and I actively tell you I'm done. We're okay. stopping no more. And I walk away and then you come after me. Now I have self-defense. 
Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so you have to have stopped everything, have actually indicated in a very good manner. Okay. It can't have been, you know, like a subjective, well, maybe he stopped it. Like it has to be clear. So this is, you're talking about back completely turned. Yes. Like- you have to have made it clear that this was ending. You were stopping. You were no longer going to be involved. You were walking away and you retreated. Interesting. And then it's, it's almost like Tyree Nichols. So I'm going to come back to that. Yeah. So it's like, if the officers had said, well, we were doing self-defense for the first part, right? Mm-hmm. And at least one of the officers has alleged that the first part of this beating was self-defense. Yes. Because so he maybe, filed the police report saying he was a victim of assault. Right. Yeah. That the, the allegations, at least by one or more of the officers, were that he was grabbing for their guns. Right. He was putting up a fight. Um, so maybe they can claim self-defense. But as soon as he ran. Right. Right. He ran away, according to the facts that are coming out. He ran away. And the fact that they ran after him. Yeah. Then even if he had. If he had provoked them, then the fact that he ran away. Right. He does have he now would have a self-defense argument. Right. Um, So anyway, a little bit of a real world application of how it works. But that's interesting. Once you run away and then you're tracked down, Mm -hmm. then that would be assuming he even needed a self-defense argument. Okay. And that would be how it works. So we've talked kind of about the castle doctrine, Mm -hmm. sort of the elements of self-defense. What about I think these are the more interesting cases. Self-defense in places that are not your home. So, you know, in public places, talk about walking down the street, any of those type of cases. Absolutely. Well, I think one of the best ones um, and easiest examples is if you're mugged. Yeah. Right. You're on the street. You're walking down the street. You're in D.C. It's terrifying (laughs) to me to walk in D.C., especially at night. If someone were to jump you. Yeah. If you believed that you were an imminent threat, then you would have the right to defend yourself Interesting. Um, in public. Okay. So it doesn't matter where you are. If you are accosted, if yeah. you were mugged, if a gun is held at you, if a knife is held mm-hmm. at you, you have the right to defend yourself. Okay. Because what we've got imminent and immediate threat. Right. We have, what else do we have? Oh, we were just talking about a reasonable belief. Um, yes, so yes, reasonable belief that you're an imminent and immediate threat. And we were just talking about it. Um, you didn't provoke it. <laughs> Correct. You didn't provoke okay. it. Um, so reasonable belief, um, the immediate threat yes. and you did not provoke so, it. So yeah, well, I'm bebopping down mm-hmm. in Washington, DC, because I just, I refuse to be not get to do what I want to do. I bebop everywhere anytime of the night. Um, <laughs> the fact that you're saying bebop. Because I, I just, you can't. know, I do what I do. <laughs> so you're saying, okay, someone tries to yes. mug me. I think they have a weapon. Maybe I can't see it. You know, they're behind me. Give me all your money, whatever. If I mug them back, they <laughs> mug them back. I said, no, you give me your money. They can't say self-defense because they instigated it, right? Generally okay. so. I mean, yeah, you have, you were attacked. You have the right in whatever weird way you would like to 
defend yourself. Yes. If that is your way you choose okay. is the best idea to defend yourself. Gotcha. Um, then, then yes, <laughs> technically you would have that right. Okay, good. Glad to know that. Um, <laughs> and they would not be able to do anything about it. Um, not unless they stopped it somehow and retreated, right? And right. then you ran after them and you're like, no, no, <laughs> you, started, you this. started this and you ran after them or you shot them in the back. Good to know. <laughs> no. And that's with the castle doctrine too. Yes. Right. If somebody is actually leaving your home, let's say you announce, you know, don't come any further, you know, yes. don't approach my home and they start leaving. You do not have the right to shoot them in the back. Well, that takes away the imminent threat part of it, right? Exactly. It takes away the imminence, the immediacy. Um, it's no longer reasonable if right. they're leaving. I mean, still call the police. Goodness. Right. Still make sure you're protected. Still make sure they're not going to come back. But right. if you see that they're leaving, then generally it is you can't shoot them in the back. Right. Which right? I, you can't shoot them as they're walking or running away. Which makes sense. And that's with, you know, any yeah. place, but especially your home. That's yes. where the castle doctrine stops. Okay. You're like, no, no, you can't do that. And you also can't set up booby traps. Oh, yes. Oh, this is the. <laughs> I oh, love this one. No this is bombs the, in your house that would go off if stepped on. Okay. Yes. Just don't do it. Um, you cannot rig up a shotgun um, mm -hmm. that when a door is opened by trespassers. Boom. That it, blows them to pieces that was that um, is a classic case used in law school i can such see a fun the case. picture of the little barn house shed thing in my mind because that was wild to me yeah and the whole thing about that one is super obscure but he initially had it at the height of people's heads mm -hmm. and his wife was like hey honey um, <laughs> let's not do that and he was like okay you're right knees instead and like, i'm sorry what yeah, you, you don't have the, the right to set a booby trap that would actually kill or harm somebody if you're not there. Because it's not an immediate threat to you. Right, and that is just a response of <laughs> uh, to trespassing. That is an right, insane response. It's a, it's a very, response. very insane response to trespassing. Now, you are allowed in most states to set up things like barbed wire. Yeah. Like in your fence, you can set up a fence and you can set up barbed wire if you want on your yes. fence so that people can't come in, but they wouldn't die. You're not like right. putting a trap where a gun goes off or a bomb explodes or fire breaks out. Yes. And since we were talking about it in that case, the big difference was, is that this was a shed. This was not where he lived. Correct. If that had been his home, I mean, I don't know, maybe if you're talking about your bedroom door inside your home and you want to rig it up. I don't know how a court would rule, but possibly, right? It, That's a different really level depends. of sort of invasion, there, yeah. right? In this case, it was like an empty barn on like acreage away from his property that he was just mad about people Correct. peeking into. They weren't even damaging it. They were just kind of poking Looking their heads in. around. Um, yeah. Your outhouses, your, yes. your sheds, your, your pool house, that is generally not considered your home as part of the castle doctrine. Right. Um, and generally, even if it's your home, you can't rig up shotguns. Yeah, so I don't think, like, I think not that allowed. Is, it's, if, <laughs> if you have time to do that, like, you're not an imminent right. danger. This, it's, it's the imminence. Home alone style. Right, like, right. <laughs> absolutely. It's the imminence. And that is one of the key factors mm -hmm. that you have to prove. And this is where it gets to proof, right? Yes. Generally, the prosecution has the burden of proof. They have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the yes. defendant did it. Now, if you claim self-defense, it's a burden shift. The defense has to prove 
self-defense. Now, it's an affirmative defense. Exactly. You were saying yes, but. Yes. So you have to do a level of proof. It is not the same generally as re- beyond a reasonable doubt. In yeah, most yeah. states, it is a requirement of production mm-hmm. where you have to produce information and facts and substance, some evidence mm-hmm. that is reasonable for self-defense. Yeah. And once you make this level of production of evidence, then the burden shifts back yes. to the prosecution. And depending on your state, yeah. you have a different one. So in Virginia, you have proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it shifts back where if they present self-defense, the affirmative defense with proof, then it shifts back to the, the prosecution to prove beyond a reasonable doubt mm-hmm. that it was not self-defense. Right. In Maryland. Oh, is it different? It is a burden of persuasion. Okay. Yeah. So it shifts back. It does shift back to the prosecution, mm-hmm. but it's a burden of persuasion. So it's beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant did it. Yeah. It is by persuasion that it was not through self-defense. Which is interesting because it's lower, right? It is. It is a lower standard and burden of proof for the prosecution. Absolutely. Persuasion is is more than, more likely than not. (laughs) Right. And more than beyond, you know, probable cause, but less than beyond a reasonable doubt. I know. These always just freak me out. And I just, because you're like... What does that mean right. to you versus you know, me? Like, in, what is my more likely than not? What is my, and I guess that's why you put people in a room and say, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> that's 12 people. You got to figure out, is it more likely than not? Yeah. Um, so with the, with the self-defense, I think the, the other key factor that we want to hit real quick and then do alibi, which is very quick. Yes. And then the intoxication, which we okay. may continue. Yes. And do that with insanity. You might yeah, have they to kind put of, those together. They kind of go together. I was going to say the last question I had yeah. was, do you want to hit stand your ground laws versus duty to retreat? Well, we have some of that, yes. yes. But I think the bigger one to hit is what type of force to use back. Yes. Um, because I think that's the biggest portion yeah. of, okay, you can prove that I was in imminent danger. Right. I can prove that it was reasonable to think that. Yes. Um, and that I did not provoke the fight. Yeah. But what type of force? To respond appropriately. Is right? like, reasonable Okay, response. someone's backhanded me, slapped me across the face. I don't get to pull out a pistol. Right. Right? Like, and that's the unreasonable yeah. response. That's an easy response by the prosecution right. of, okay. Sure. There's, he believed he was in danger, but the amount of force used in response was, was unreasonable. Yes. Um, and therefore he can't use self-defense. Right. Um, so it's, you can't bring a, knife, a gun to a knife fight <laughs> yeah. type of thing, right? But maybe you can in self-defense. Is, yeah. and, and a lot of police officers will tell you sometimes knives are scarier when people are using them. Did you know this? Oh, this is one of my mm-hmm. fun facts. This is cultural what people are more afraid of. They've done lots of studies across the world versus are you more afraid of guns or knives? Like what is the sort of physiological response? It varies significantly by culture. Really? Yes. So in America, we generally tend to be more afraid of like knives. Oh, I'm terrified. To me. like I Terrified of knives. But it's like, it's a very much a cultural thing of like, Mm. I think if someone held me at gunpoint, I would be less afraid than if someone held me at knife point. 
that's an American thing, right? Like it varies a lot country to country and it's sort of just a cultural, like what is common? What is that? But I'm much more afraid of knives than I am of guns. You can do some damage. Yes. Um, yeah. And the whole, not it's just, just more a, like an intimate, like, it is, it's very up close and personal yes. and so many things can be hurt and cut and you can still be alive. I just don't do blood it. at all. I will just, you'll just pass out. Yeah. I'm like, you got me there. Done. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, if somebody approaches you with a knife, then maybe there is a self-defense with a gun. Yeah. I think that. Um, For sure. because you can, especially if it's up close and personal. Yeah. What other defense do you have? Are you really going to use your hands I mean, when I, there's a knife? I think it's also the thing of like, I mean, I walk around like I'm six foot tall and bulletproof, but like, that's clearly not the case. Right. Right. Maybe two men who are both six feet tall and 200 pounds getting into a fist fight, then fist fighting is an appropriate response. I like to think it, but it's really not true. Like I'm not going to right. punch somebody who's six, two and two fifty, and it have any deterrence, right? Exactly. Like that's the reality of, okay, maybe another man responding with a gun in a fist fight situation. Yes. I'm sorry. If somebody that big is fighting me, I'm not going to rely on my, right. Yeah. And and that's the reasonableness. And I think for self-defense, the biggest key for self-defense is reasonable. Yeah. Was it a reasonable fear? Yeah. And was it a reasonable response? Yeah. Um, kind of like shooting someone in the back. That's not a reasonable response to a threat. Um, if you're, if you're in a fist fight and a knife is pulled, what is a reasonable response? Um, if a chair is being used or a bottle is being used, it is very fact specific. Yeah. This isn't something you can say, well, you can always use a gun and a knife with a knife. You can always use a knife with a knife. No, it is very fact specific. What was happening at that time? Who was it? Is it the six foot tall, you know, man against you? Right. Versus... Two men in a bar. Right. So you have to take into account the factors of who's being attacked, who's attacking, what they're using, what the environment is. Yes. Um, and can they stand their ground? And that gets yeah. back to your point. Do you have to, you, most homes you can mm-hmm. stand your ground. Oh, Not sure. all. Um, check your seat. Yes. But if you're out in public, do you have the right to stand your ground? Mm-hmm. And it depends. In Maryland, you don't. In Maryland, you have the duty to retreat. Which is fascinating. And that's the minority. Mm -hmm. It is. It is a minority portion of proving self-defense is you do have the duty to retreat. You have to try. Which is so crazy. I'm sorry. That is Mm -hmm. crazy to me. Yeah. I just think, like I said, I walk around a lot by myself and like, I'm not trying to outrun somebody on the street. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not doing it. Again, it's fact specific. Yeah. So yes, you have the duty to retreat, but Maryland also says, unless it's unsafe to do so. Right. Okay, okay, so right. if you're mugged by two six foot tall men, yeah. burly men I'm who come and get you, it is probably unsafe to run. Right. Um, so you probably have the right to stand your ground and defend yeah. yourself. But it is it varies state by state. I don't think Virginia has it. I can't recall specifically. I, no, no, no. I looked it up right before we started recording. And Maryland was on the list of states that I was like looking at mm-hmm. just list really that had duty to retreat. Maryland was on it. Virginia was not. I didn't yeah. see DC on it either. I don't recall. I mean, I, I've done very, very little of criminal anything in DC. I've done a couple yeah. traffic matters. Um, most of my criminal practice, criminal defense and prosecution was in yeah. Virginia. Um, but honestly, this doesn't come up 
as often as the movies and TV no. want you to think that it does. Yes, it's used. Yes, it's a defense. Yes, yeah. it happens. Um, but the majority does not use self-defense as a defense. Mm. The majority is either I did it or I didn't do it. Um, and that wasn't me. That wasn't my pants. Yeah. You know, that kind of defense. Okay. I have two questions to wrap yeah. it up with for you. These are practical questions. Okay. okay. So... We know that obviously in the past 20, 30 years, technology has increased a lot. There's a lot more cameras everywhere. There's a lot more video. Very true. So the whole wasn't me defense gets a lot harder when we have DNA, we have cameras. It does. Do you think that has impacted the amount of claims of self-defense as an affirmative defense? You, I mean, you obviously are going to know, know the that, numbers. I don't but. know that it's impacted the number of it, but I think it certainly helped the prosecution to defend against it. Okay. Where with the burden shifting, yeah. I think it's a lot easier to say, look at the video. <laughs> right. Um, one, of my <laughs> one of my favorite cases. Oh my gosh, I loved this case. And the client was so nice. I liked yeah. him a lot. I was interning at the public defender's office mm -hmm. in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, so it wasn't my case, but I, you know, yeah. I, I followed and shadowed on it and it was a robbery of a convenience store. Okay. And the guy was saying it wasn't me. They got it wrong. It was not me. All right. There was fingerprint evidence on the counter and it was his fingerprints, but they were saying, you know, look, I've gone to that convenience store. Yeah. It's right down the road. There's a reason for my fingerprints. Yeah. Um, but there was a video. All right. Oh, no. They showed the video and the guy, he just, he kept claiming that is not me. It's not me. <laughs> it was a bench trial, not a jury trial. And I loved this judge, an older judge who's long since retired. Um, and he <laughs> says, wow, you put on a great defense. I totally understand the reasoning about the fingerprints. He had really good, you know, testimony. He's very credible except for the fact that I saw him rob the store. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you yeah. know, so video is very key in a lot of these and especially the, yeah. the self-defense. I don't know that it prevents people from claiming it, but I think it certainly contradicts testimony a lot more than it used to and maybe drives a lot more pleas of saying, okay, okay well, you yeah. can try that defense, but, but come on. Okay, this is There's my last you. question then. Yeah. So this is the one I think is interesting. Normally, any criminal defense attorney is not is going to tell you not to testify, right? Like in your own defense. Generally, that's yeah. the rule. That's the There's idea. always exceptions, but yes. that's sort of the don't testify. Yeah, it's better not to. But I'm curious, with self-defense, you would think it would be the opposite, right? Like if you're you have asserting to. that, you I want to hear from the person who's saying have right? To, because you have to say what your belief was. Okay, that was my question. Right? It you has to be reasonable. Of. You have to say, so even if it ends up being an imperfect defense, yeah. it, the jury has to believe that you believed you were in imminent and immediate danger, yeah. right? So if they don't think a reasonable person would, but they believe you really did believe it, then there's right. the imperfect defense. So you really have to say something. Okay. It is an affirmative defense. Almost, it is very, very rare that a defendant will not testify. That was my question. If they're can claiming self-defense. Yeah. You can. I mean, you have your constitutional rights, right? But I, it's I mean, the so idea hard. of being like, this was self-defense, but I am asserting my fifth amendment. <laughs> it's really Come hard. On. You almost have to completely give it up. Okay. 
Um, so let me hit alibi yes, really quickly. So sorry. No, please don't be sorry. This is good. Okay. <laughs> um, alibi is really quick. Yeah. I mean, it's almost a throwaway. Yeah. Um, most in, it is an affirmative defense where you're saying you're, you're submitting some proof. It's not mm-hmm. an affirmative defense where you're saying, yes, I did, did it, it, but, right. um, but it is a more affirmative defense because you're asserting something that has to have a level Mm-hmm. of evidence yes. of itself. It does not generally rise to the level of evidence of production that then has to be disproved. Right. It's more of just a general defense. Yes. I have an alibi. I didn't do it. I I have an alibi for yes. it who will I tell you was I wasn't with there. My mother volunteering. That's right. where I was. Mom's gonna testify. Right. Now the one trick to it is even though you don't have to prove it as a defendant, right. you just have to assert it. Generally, there are procedural rules that require you to give notice to the prosecution before the trial that you are going to assert an alibi defense. I am so glad you said this because this came up yesterday. Oh, and it, really? It In was, your class? So it was, I was talking to someone about something after class, but... It was been wrongful convictions, which has been an interesting class. Great class. Um, but that's what you were talking about is like generally defense theory, in my understanding, is that you don't reveal it. Like prosecution has to, there's Brady, there's all of the things, right. turn it over. And defense is like, you'll see it trial. Yes. And, and that makes sense. But in this, this is kind of what we're getting mm-hmm. to is that it made sense when they said it, but I hadn't thought about it. You do kind of have to put the prosecution yeah. on notice because- they then need time to investigate, right? Correct. They need a time to rebut it, right? Mm-hmm. They have to have a, like, if you say I have an alibi, yeah. then the prosecution has the right generally to go and figure out who that alibi is yeah. and disprove it, counter it in some way. Yeah. So at least in Virginia, there was a little form when you got to to the trial portion in circuit court that you had to check what was your defense Mm -hmm. if you were going to do an affirmative defense. And you had to give notice to the prosecution of self-defense or alibi. So alibi, you didn't have to prove in the same way, but you did have to give notice. See, I didn't. It was literally came up yesterday because I didn't know. It makes sense procedurally Mm -hmm. when you like extrapolate it. But in my mind, I was like. Why would you tell the prosecution? But it makes sense when you think about it. <laughs> Usually you have to. Very yeah. state by state. Just hit him with it at trial. <laughs> right. I know the surprise defense. That's the um, law and order way to do it. <laughs> it is. And sometimes it happens, but it is very, very rare you know, that it's Have a law clerk surprise. rush in during the trial and like hand you something. <laughs> I did have one surprise defense. Um, really? And I'm checking my time here. Yes, I'm so sorry. I keep derailing. Our- <laughs> saying you're sorry. Um, normally we would talk forever, but I do have a phone call very soon, which is not normal while we're doing our podcast. Um, but one of the most upsetting cases I ever had, you've heard it before. And this was a surprise. It wasn't an alibi. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. And it wasn't self-defense. Yeah. It was the classic, it wasn't me. Right. But I had, it was a complete surprise. Mistaken identity. I had everything. It was a a gun, a firearm by felon of someone who had come in and grabbed a gun and threatened a crowd of bar, bar patrons. Wow. And very scary incident. And I had a police officer testifying. That was him. 
And I sat in the car and there was the gun in the car with him that he put there. I saw him put it there. I went and retrieved it. Very credible police officer. He, you know, I, yeah. I'd worked with him for years. And in the end, a surprise witness came from the defense. And it was this guy who said, well, it couldn't have been him because it was me. You have told me this, but even still, right? you're like... I'm like, he just came in and confessed. Who the hell is he? Who is that? I've never even heard of this man in my life. I put the police officer back in. He's like, I didn't even see that guy at the, at the thing. I saw multiple people and he wasn't there. And then the prosecution says, well, can you say for certain it wasn't him? And he's like, well, I can't say for certain, but I know I saw that guy. Not guilty. And that was one of the biggest surprises of any cases I've ever had. And I couldn't contradict it. And what do you say? There was nothing I could do, but stick to the evidence of this is what we had. This is what we saw. Our other witnesses saw the same guy, but the non-defendant shows up and says it was me. And there was nothing else I could do. And the jury was like, well, that's reasonable doubt. And it was. Taking notes for later. That's like, <laughs> It was horrifying. The only other one is, you know, you sit at the defense table and you get someone to sit next to you who's not the defendant. You have the big dramatic right. moment in court. <laughs> That's him. Are um, you sure? Last thing, I promise. So my professor, who is a practicing attorney, adjunct professor, who teaches his wrongful convictions class, he said early on in his career, he was in the audience in a courtroom oh, observing no. court. Like he had nothing to do with this case, was just there watching and one of the eyewitnesses got up on the stand oh, no. and said, that's him. That's the man in the tan suit or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And he's just sitting there. He's like, hey, I'm an attorney. Like, I don't know what this is about. He said it was one of the wildest moments of his life. Because, you know, you have the dramatic. He said it was truly like the heads just turn. And he's just sitting there. He was like, I, I'm, I'm an attorney. I, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I mean, there are there, a lot of court, court is tedious and dull and repetitive, but sometimes, but then I can't you get that moment, that moment. And yeah. it's worth sometimes your whole career. <laughs> oh. Anyway, like us, subscribe, comment, uh, comment so that if you, you know, you can, can pop up and you can see more and multiple episodes yeah. and other people, if you're enjoying it, like you can, yeah. can see it, find it and get some kind of use out of it, whether yeah. it's practical knowledge, um, some entertainment value or some actual. Yeah. If you have any learning questions about some of the yeah, stuff we put talked questions about. in, um, put suggestions for later yes. episodes of things that you didn't know and no one yeah. told you. Any cases that don't make sense to you, we let us know. Yeah. And we will check out the other defenses in Absolutely. the next episode. We've got some good things planned. I'm so excited. Look. <laughs> stay tuned. Truly subscribe so you can hit the next episodes. And cool. we will catch you later. Next um, Tuesday. Next Tuesday. We're with Tarani Law LLC because you never need a lawyer. Till you do.